The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute provides educators access to nonfiction 9-11 resources for K-12, first-person curriculum with video, Discovering Heroes book series for kids, and a speakers bureau with access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, and loved ones. A high-tech 83-foot tractor trailer that transforms into an interactive museum with artifacts and Russell F. Siller Memorial Scholarships for exemplary high school students of program recipients preparing for college. Never forget, donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on, Bev Sports fan? It's your favorite history teacher, Mitch Parker Ainsworth. And after a long pre-pod discussion on Giannis and basketball, I'm joined to talk about neither of those things by Ryan Rodriguez of Belly of Sports. Ryan, how you doing? Yo, what's up, Parker? What's up? Yes, it was a a long winding path, and then we're like, ah, we should probably talk about the topic at hand. <laughs> I mean, Giannis is always kind of feels like the topic at hand, I guess. He is, but he is. I mean, although we're recording on a Tuesday night, you like the numbers as much as I do. In scrolling through Twitter, did you see Kyrie Irving shooting percentage? He's a true shooting percentage tonight. Man, I, if, if there was a number, I didn't. If it, there was a number for the third eye. <laughs> That's what I would assume that it would be. He 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 scored fifty points on nineteen shots. Jeez. The true shooting percentage came out to one hundred and one point three. So you want to talk about some third eye? Nonsense. Yeah, there we go. That, that is some third eye. He's like, how could you? How can you shoot higher than one hundred percent? Watch me. Watch me. Fifty points exactly. on nineteen shots. That is insane. They beat the Hornets. They were recording on a Tuesday night, and so that's that's what just happened. But Ryan, you know, Ryan, you can find on Bell Sports, he writes a lot about NBA Twitter. This has a very fun Twitter component, but it has nothing to do with the NBA. Tonight, we're going to talk about gambling and football. And as it's the midterm and we're talking about gambling, I should probably point out that this show is brought to you by my bookie. <laughs> my bookie is where you can bet all your different favorite sporting events, unless you're in the NFL, apparently. <laughs> you can use all kinds of cryptocurrencies, Ethereum, Bitcoin, whatever. Use code FNSports at W to deposit up to 1000 US dollars on any bet you're making and go in on it today. We are in March. The last read we did last week was talking about, or two weeks ago, talking about Gonzaga. Gonzaga looks pretty good tonight as well, if we're talking about recording on a Tuesday night. So make sure you're looking out for them in March Madness. Again, code Ethan Sports. Did they beat St. Mary's? I believe so. Oh, I believe man. so. St. <laughs> Mary, Mary's is a, is a local uh, lo- local school. I, I mean, I've mean, i been rooting for St. Mary's like back to Patty Mills days, things like that. Yeah, old school. Old True school. Bay Del- Area Del- 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 went there. 
True uh-huh. Bay Area fan there. Multiple St. Mary's games for sure in the <laughs> tiny little pavilion. They call it a pavilion because it's so small. <laughs> Not even an arena. Well, shout out to the pavilion and St. Mary's. I don't think tonight was their night. It doesn't look like I don't have the game on. I should say yeah, but it happens. But if you want to bet on St. Mary's to win the WCC conference or whatever, make sure you use code FN Sports at my bookie W deposit today and bet anything in town anywhere with my bookie Ryan. Not to dive too much into any incriminating evidence because I don't want to do that to you. Nope. Are you much of a gambler when it comes to football? Here and there. Here and there. Yeah, and I, I mean, I enjoy especially NFL betting on the spread and and things like that or doing some some pools that involve, you know, a, a little spread betting. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, folks who listen to the show that know that I'm a teacher, so I don't always have a lot of scratch to throw down. I will say it's always interesting to make the games interesting. And it is always like watching the betting lines change tells you what the general public thinks of the game. This week, a story came out that told us it's not just the general public that is affecting that spread, apparently. A, a new story broke by Calvin Ridley. If you have not heard yet, I don't know where you've been. I guess there was other football news today with a couple quarterbacks one changing places and one not. Um, Some minor news. (laughs) Some minor news. But Calvin Ridley is going to miss the entire 2022-2023 season being suspended for betting on football games last fall. Uh, The games, looks like he was betting on eight, the the things that report looks like an eight-game parlay or something like that in November, I think I saw, right? Anyway, it sounds like it was fairly swift investigation, the team found out about it in mid-February, and we're not quite to mid-March yet. He's already suspended. So, Ryan, my thesis for you is Calvin Ridley made a big mistake. You hear that? And what grade do you give it? Um, I'm going to give it a D. I'm also thinking D. I wasn't quite in an F. I think we're going to say the same reason why. All right, Ryan, the thesis was Calvin Ridley made a big mistake. You went D, which is very close to an F. I believe at most schools is technically still failing, certainly not eligible to play on Friday nights. Talk to me. Why do you feel so confidently that he didn't? I'm going to say the main thing he didn't is because it's something that we're all doing uh, in, in some way, shape, or form. No, but also the – what we know right now, the nature of the bet, as you mentioned, an 18 parlay, usually, I mean, like the number one issue when you come to these sports leagues is, is somebody that's gambling affecting the outcome of the game. A, Calvin Ridley wasn't playing. B, if he had some insider information, the fact that he would have it on eight teams and be able to make a smart, you know, chances in his favor bet over eight teams is slim to none. I mean, like that's too many factors going in. And so, like, and then it was like a five-day period. It was supposedly around uh, Thanksgiving. I think Jeff Schwartz said, yeah, he just sounds like the rest of us sitting on his couch during Thanksgiving, you know, <laughs> full of turkey scrolling through and, and, and making some bets. So because of that, I'm like, it was dumb. No doubt. You know, no doubt it was dumb. And that's why you can't give it enough because, like, the, the rules are the rules. You know what the rules are. And even if you don't, and you didn't, and you still made an 18 parlay, that's also dumb, you know, <laughs> regardless. And so but he, but he's, part of the part of the dumb here is that it was a bad bet. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, I mean, but he's got, I think they said like it was $1,500. Yeah, he makes enough money, like for him throwing down $1,500 on 
And I'm sure the winnings were like, sweet. You know, you throw $1,500 down on an 18 parlay. If you win, it's going to be a great payout. So he's he was either looking at that or he's like, nobody will ever catch me. Well, <laughs> you got got. And part of being a good criminal, well, I'm going to use criminal in quotes. They're not actually a criminal. But part of breaking <laughs> the rules is can you be smart enough to not get caught too? And he clearly was smart enough to not get caught. Yeah. I think we're both sitting here at not an F for the same reason. If, if, if it's not an F because it was against the rules, right. And he does sign up for this league. He does work voluntarily. I guess technically you could go play in Canada arena league somewhere like, like theoretically, but they wouldn't let him gamble either. Or right. But theoretically, like he knows this is against the rules when he signs up. I'm assuming that's as part of that, like, you know, rookie seminar kind of stuff. Like, hey, you can do this. You can't do that, whatever. The same way that, like, you know, bluntly in the state of California, you can buy marijuana, but against the NFL rule, right? Like, like there are just some rules. Or you in some up. states, they can legally gamble. And here in California, I cannot. I can't <laughs> right, even, right. I can't even access the apps. But there are some, but there are some states you can, right? Nearby Nevada, I'm sure you made the jump. Uh, yep. But uh, what, not that I ever would. Hint, hint. I did go to college in LA. The what I will say is, it he did break the rules. He probably knowingly broke the rules, and so that's not, it's why it can't be an F. But everything else about this does not feel like he did anything wrong, right? The the point you made about we all do this. Sports are leaning into the gambling money. And when you say we all do this, I, I certainly feel like it's being pushed down our throats in a lot of ways because it makes games that I'm not otherwise invested in more fun. Using, you know, the sponsor of the show, my bookie. My bookie makes sporting events more fun than I like I pay more attention to UFC now than I ever have in my life because like I watched the line for Mosvidal last weekend. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Right? Like it mm-hmm. adds an interest and an intrigue yeah. to stuff I wasn't watching. I, I want to throw one thing out there too. Not only are we diving all in on this and are we getting captivated to this, the fans, the NFL is also in on all this, right? The NFL in August of 2021 signed an agreement with four different sports books, Fox bet, bet MGM point bet and win BET or I'm probably just win bet, but of the, to get like sports book <laughs> that, operations, the late nineties, early two thousands <laughs> right there. I feel yeah. Like- uh, yeah. I was born 91, but to, <laughs> to start working towards in-game commercial units and stuff like that for these big sports books in the NFL, this would be like the NFL saying guys can't drink to me. And then having Bud Light as a major sponsor, right? Like, is it moral to like get wasted on the weekends? Probably not. Is it something people do quite often? Is it something that's legal to do in the right place? Right? Like, like those things all fall into place to me and they seem to be kind of more even in my head, even though one's against the rules in the NFL, the NFL is pulling in $2 billion in sponsorships and it's only going up. And it's frankly kind of steeply rising as the pandemic is winding down and they're letting gambling in. I, I, I don't know how, the 32 owners can take in the gambling money themselves and not change the way they approach players gambling. Well, the first off, I would say we know how <laughs> we, we, we know for them. It's easily justifiable. Yes. I would say if they could convince all the players to only do 18 parlays like Calvin Ridley, then they, they might be a little <laughs> bit more inclined to, to allow it. But yeah, man, it's, I don't know if conflict of interest is it's not the correct word or phrase, but it is they're they're banking. The NFL owners are banking on nobody asking 
enough questions as to why you guys can reap all this money and what does the more money that this these entities are pumping into your company i mean it's in a in a way it's kind of venture capitalist ish you know we invest this in there and and you do and we we have some stake in it because and their stake in a way of venture capitalist would be more so they can pull their sponsorship money so these gambling sites can pull their sponsorship money and you know what is how does that manifest i mean i think we already with with uh, all all sports leagues in general, you know, even just getting bigger, have some question of like, what are ref assignments or how do people call certain things, so on and so forth. And do these teams or these markets get more favor than another one for, because of ratings, because ratings matter. And what could these gambling sites, when we already have these kind of questions and sometimes it's a little bit more credible than others, are you guys opening another can of worms that is upsetting the competitive balance, Potent- even the question, even the perception of the competitive balance? And you're ostensibly trying to bring in this thing that makes it more fair because if you're gambling on something, you would like the outcomes to be more random. But like we go to the casinos and gamble there and we know the payouts are for the house regardless. Right. So what's it? Everyone's dad said this. I don't mean to make mine different, but my dad told me when I told him the first time I was going to go to Vegas. Cause again, we went to college in LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, you know, Parker, just remember they don't build those casinos because people win a lot of money. Like that, exactly. was, that was like his big exactly. thing. Cause told, like know. even the payouts are not proportional to what your odds of actually winning that are. And so like, I, I like, I think the NFL or the NFL owners in this particular case are banking that not enough people will ask you're getting into bed with all these certain entities. What, like, how, how are you going to justify some of these questions that we're going to have? And then also, how are you going to hold the players to, I don't know. Cause I struggle with that. How are you going to hold them to a different standard? Because they, like you don't want the players gambling because what I was talking to a couple of my friends and I was like, you know, yeah. Okay. He's betting on the Falcons to win. Cool. But let's say he gets down some games, you know, to his bookie, not our bookie, not my bookie, but his <laughs> bookie. Okay. Let's say he gets down some games and now they're like, look, we need you. Like you're not paying up yet. We need you to make sure this Falcons game tips a certain way or this prop bet tips a certain way. So we can recoup a bunch of money because you're not paying us right now. And which, I, which is also a, I think a legitimate question from the league perspective. I, I do think that there's a Pandora's box once they start tanking the gambling money, because I, I wrestle with once you're taking the gambling money, how can you say it's not okay? Like taking exactly. money from a sponsor, but my players can't use that sponsor's service. Like, if you're taking money from Sleep Number, they can buy the mattresses. If you're taking money from Budweiser, they can buy the beer. Why can't they they buy this other service? I also want to point out that like Calvin is a 27 year old dude that it sounds like made it you know a normal 27 year old decision. He was sitting around like you said, like he opened with on his couch betting on football games. I also think it's interesting that like yes, and the bigger picture, and you could argue that they might have suspended him to set precedent. Mm-hmm. Gambling on the, his own games yeah, is certainly an issue. That. 
right? However, he wasn't with the Falcons for the games he was betting on, right? He was at home with mental health stuff. He was not with the team. And it sounds like that they've drawn some line in the sand that like he was apparently not in communication with the guys on the team about his gambling and whatnot. And so it weirdly does feel like this even grayer spot where, yeah, he bet on the Falcons, but he had as much to do with the Falcons that day as you and I did. Right. I, like, and I think, I think I saw, I saw some talk on Twitter yesterday when it came out that the NF think of think trying to think of like what the NFL is thinking. We're going to suspend him and set a precedent knowing that the players association is going to appeal based off at so far at us as the public anyways, or seeing what the evidence is and it's going to get appealed down. But the NFL can say we did our part to set a hard precedent. The union did their part to be like, okay, this is too harsh for what this particular case is. And so both sides can get a win it can still be the message can be sent, which again, I would argue rightfully so like you don't want as your league to send the message, irregardless of what message are you sending by accepting all this money. And, and then we get, we get a win and a resolve, whatever it may be. I mean, honestly, Calvin Ridley is partially getting punished for just being a dumbass. Well, <laughs> like, and what's funny is on Twitter again, this broke Monday afternoon and on Twitter, as it's breaking, Ridley clearly would give this thesis an F. He doesn't think he did anything wrong. On March 6th, he tweeted, I learned from my L's, which at the time sounds like almost a bad Drake lyric. But now we know it probably has something to do with what happened. Yeah. On March 7th, he tweeted, I bet $1,500 I don't have a gambling problem. I couldn't even watch football at that point. Just going to be more healthy when I come back because he was hurt. I know I was wrong, but I'm getting one year LOL. If you know me, you know my character. I, he thinks he didn't do anything wrong, which means that I don't think I, he could also be lying to our faces. I don't think he had like sinister plans. Like well, I'm going to make say, all this like, money. I learned from my L's or take my L's or whatever. Like, that, I, well, I would say, honestly, I would say that's like cop into like, yeah, I was kind of dumb. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> like that's, I mean, that's what any I mean, normal person says when like, you did some stupid. It's like, ah, yeah, that was stupid. Got to take the L when you get it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that, and that's why I think ultimately it'll be appealed down and as it should, you know, again, like, like we were saying, like, it doesn't seem like there's anything malicious. I, I like how he says, I only gambled $1,500. I don't have an issue because the other day on Levitard show, Anton Walker was saying he was down $800,000 at one point and they asked him, do you have a gambling issue? And he goes, no, I'm just competitive. <laughs> I, and they've talked about it today on the show on Tuesday, but I was just like, yeah, that, cause I noticed that too. I was like, no, I'm just competitive. Yes. And if the competitive means you keep gambling and losing money and getting down more and more, I would say that's probably competitiveness and a gambling problem. Like they're hand in hand. <laughs> Well, what's funny, though, is like the same killer guy that we fell in love with, like that Jordan was worried about introducing us to, but we fell in love with in The Last Dance. Mm-hmm. You know, anecdotally, you hear stories of like Richard Hamilton when they were on the Wizards together in like 0203. And 
they'd put down, you know, just hundred dollar bills, you know, on half court shots. I got this one. You missed this one or, you know, whatever, like this, who could make it first? Who could make and it? Antoine Walker was talking about that with Michael and they, there's like, yeah, he, I will respect Antoine Walker for saying this. Cause I got, I got to imagine it's not that easy. He was like, yeah, Mike would gamble like this. And I would gamble like this because I could not step into Michael's level of, of money. But yeah, I mean, Mike was a, but he was a competitiveness is gambling. Like you're not going to, it, it's going to go hand in hand, but it's in the eye of the beholder. When you feel like you have control of the outcome, if it's poker or Mm -hmm. if it's making half court shots or if it's catching balls in a football game, like, when you feel like you have control, I think there is yep. validity to feeling like it's competitive. And you and I, those athletes feel like they have maybe a little bit more control than you and I. Right. I would say that they've done. You and I can re- understand that we don't necessarily have control over who wins the Falcons game. Even if I play wide receiver, the Falcons, I don't know that they do right. Like mm-hmm. part of the drive that makes you a great pro athlete and the kind of pro athlete that Calvin Ridley is, is, having that irrational confidence, right? We yeah. want our guys to have that. Mm-hmm. I, so players, I want to have that irrational confidence. Mm-hmm. I think it's weird that owners, and I, I open with this kind of, with my feet in the water, owners are making money off of us gambling. Like at its very core, they're yeah, making, it's going at, to the gambling companies and then it's right. going to the owners. My bookie, again, I'm a teacher. It hasn't been a lot mm-hmm. of money, but like I've enjoyed my bookie a little bit. Right. That went to the number of leagues my bookies involved with. Yep. Right. And that's, I know it went away because I lost it. I said, bye, it's gone. Right. That then goes to, in the NFL's case, the 32 owners. I'm talking about the NFL today. One of those 32 owners has also been alleged to have tried to pay his coach at the time. There's the Brian Flores story where Flores claims Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, was going to throw him 100 grand to lose, a, to lose every game, right? 100 grand per game. And that feels way more demonstrably involved in the outcome than Ridley sitting on his couch at home, right? Am I wrong? <laughs> like, like I, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, see. yeah, and and that that is why that discovery part potentially of the Brian Flores lawsuit is is so interesting because yeah, if owners are taking money from these gambling sites this, i mean this goes back into like already our competitive certain questions of the league you know it, like if something like that was to come out i don't know what to make of like the hugh jackson allegations in cleveland that he kind of then tried to say similar i don't really know but irregard like if those were to come out like i mean you lost the complete integrity of the game like the whole your whole shield thing gone right. there's no shield like I mean, and there's why, no... would, why wouldn't we assume that NFL football, well, I mean, it wouldn't be because like the players are their own entity, but like that the league office is tipping the scales like WWF and AEW, you know, right. like it, you're I not will... gambling on the those wrestling things because we know that they're fake. We know it's a storyline. And no league cares about a thing like the shield, like the NFL does, right? Yes. Like the that NBA like talks about the association, but the NBA is a, as an association it's a shield. is it's like even the visual of the shield, like, <laughs> yeah, true. You know, yeah, like, yeah. like it's all built into this mythology. And so, yeah, you're right. Nobody cares about it. Like the NFL and to have, 
I mean, even to have allegations against an owner like this is, it should be a bigger issue than it is. Well, and we'll see if the if the case ever gets to the point of discovery. Maybe we get more to it. I think the reason it's not is bluntly. I feel like money's going to talk, and they're never going to get there. Um, yes. and, and and I think that that's maybe a pessimist. So then I pose this to you: Do you trust Brian Flores? Does does he feel like somebody you would trust? <laughs> Honestly, I have no reason not to. I thought he was an interesting guy in Miami because he always came off as good character guy, not just like himself, but like he, that he valued that in his players. There's some of the stuff about like, did he want Deshaun Watson? Did he not want Deshaun Watson after all of his stuff went down? It makes me wonder that a little bit more, but certainly in his time as the coach of the dolphins, he always came off as, and I assumed he was, I care about character kind of guy. Yeah. So I would say this, I don't know about like character and I can, I know how you're kind of using like good character and stuff at the very least. He always seemed like a man of conviction. And yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. he was going to do, what, what his thought process was, he was going to be convicted about that. And he wasn't going to just say things to say things. And that's why, like, the racism stuff, I think that's going to be hard to prove in that whole case. You know, unless there's some things. And I probably think this thing with Stephen Ross is going to be hard to prove. But... From the outside looking in, Brian Flores is a very, very believable person. Like, Absolutely. I don't see him just saying things and things of this magnitude just to be a scorned lover, for a lack of a better term. You know? Completely. Now, I also think it's worth Not pointing good. out that, like, Stephen Ross, allegedly, or the NFL, that's not the only pro league getting in bed with gambling companies, right? Like, Correct. Adam Silver has talked about it before. And frankly, the NBA, in the way that it's an international game, appears to be looking at, like, European soccer and in-game live betting mm-hmm. in the stadium kind of stuff, right? Like, in the next decade or dozen years or whatnot. And, and I'm a Rockets guy. I've got a Rockets hat on right now as we record. And frankly... As I look at the Rockets, our owner has his feet in this, right? Landry, so Tillman Fertitta is involved with Landry Entertainment, which includes casinos, different like cruise liners that go off the coast of Galveston and, and gamble in international waters and stuff where it's legal and, and all of that. Like theoretically, he might have, I, I don't know that he really has, how much say does him as the owner of the Rockets have to do with the books? I'm sure there's some like legal sign off of what he is and isn't doing, but like he could, he could tank the team by trading Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook and see what happens, right? Like, like, like he could, yeah. he could, he could, he could bet the under on the win total and then throw that well, trade. You know, what was interesting you know. and I, it would be interesting to look more into for, a, I don't know if it still is, but for a while, people that own the Celtics also were in with Caesars palace. Mm-hmm. And so Celtics games could not be bet at Caesars. Which makes again, yeah, that, which makes sense, but it's still, I don't know, kind of, it's interesting. I, and I will say in regards to the Celtics and Caesars or like the Rockets and Tillman, for all I know, I've never been on those boats. So maybe you can't bet Rockets games in Landry's maybe like maybe that is part of the line they draw there and and frankly there's something almost altruistic about like taking away from the income potentially being spent on a boat that leaves Galveston every day to go gamble you know maybe that's the case I I just think as we 
as we get towards a world where sports betting is so much more common, regardless of sport, I have a hard time believing the answer is, yeah, but the players can't do it. Right. Like I, I just, I don't, I don't know that that's a fair answer for how this goes. And I think you and I tend to generally speaking be players guys. Are, are we being too biased there? Or is that, is that unrealistic? Like why, why does that rub me the wrong way? No, because you, it rubs you the wrong way. Cause your mind is uh, in the right place. Like that's, that's why like the owners, they, they get to play by their own rules, man. You know, like that, that is fundamentally what it comes down to is they get to dictate the rules and when they need to bend it to what makes sense for them, they can. And so being a player's guy ultimately is being, is really standing up for the people that aren't getting to bend the rules to themselves. And that, and that is the, uh, that's where, we, that's where I would say we would want to be ultimately. Well, and, and I don't know how, Obviously, this would still be a thing that if this were the rule, I guess really still would have broken. Like, do you just say like you can bet on the other thirty, like the team you're the team you're on, the team you're playing that day or week or night? Can't I, be. I, I still think no. I still think no because I think like the 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 fear is if you get down too much, even if you're not betting on your like you can throw a game by not betting on your team, you know. Still, yeah. If like extortion is a real thing. It's I think that is the reason why we don't want the leagues in bed with the gambling as well. You know, like that. Well, and that's the Donahue story. Not to go too in the weeds on mm-hmm. basketball. Folks know I'm a basketball guy, but that's the Donahue story, right? Is that Donahue had Donahue owed people money, and so Donahue air quotes didn't out- affect the outcome of the game but told his people, hey, bet the over tonight, and then called a bunch of fouls, which led to a bunch of free throws, which led to a bunch of points, yes. or vice versa, right? And he, was, and he and then he was getting a cut off of... He got his way there, but I, the, yes. the story was always... And you're a Kings guy, so this hits you all as hard as anyone. Or you are a Kings guy, I guess I should say. You're a reformed yeah, non-fan. Exactly. Well, um, I will say, don't, don't say reformed. I'm not like a, like a better <laughs> person because of it. <laughs> Just a different but person. It hit the Kings as hard as anyone, right? That like... Eventually, he got to the point where he was no longer in trouble. He was now making money. But that, he wasn't even with the Kings. That was, and I, I would argue, that is the issue with the leagues being in bed with the gambling. Is the Kings thing was were they putting refs on the game to because of some sort of call profile or something that can tip some scales you know like obviously like none of we're not calling any of the players throwing the game and the refs don't have like some supernatural ability to change the game that much yeah you know but it's but you're trying to get the margins and if the league has even that perception you know it's a problem tom havistro and amino hassan on their podcast vasco illuminati the other day they and i don't know how in-depth this study but it was like the games that are on TV basically is how it breaks down. And by virtue of that, the teams that are on national TV more often, they get better refs. Right. And 
So what does that do to even these the integrity of these gambling lines when games when when certain games are getting better refs, which means certain teams does that like think about over unders for a whole season. Like if a certain team is going to get better refs, are their games going to be called quote unquote maybe more true to skill as opposed to well. You know, even though I, I know Scott, I, I know Scott Foster is a uh, a sensitive. We have different thoughts about that yeah. guy. No, but but Scott Foster aside, then it becomes is being on TV and having a more correctly refed game. Yes. a benefit exactly. And does that actually help yeah, you? Like, or is it, or, or who I mean, that? we don't know what it means. I think that I mean, and to figure that out, people a lot smarter and with a lot more uh, algorithms to run than us. You know, no, but there are gamblers. There yeah. are gamblers that are doing it. Exactly. Uh, uh, gamblers so, know who ref the games. Like, like if you don't, if and, that, and, uh, I, mean, I don't Haralabob mean to break. Was, was great to bring that to the Twitter world of, right? Like, how, you know, so, so yeah. This so guy, this guy calls more blocks and charges for yes, lack of all like that easier stuff. phrases, or this guy loves Again, a holding call. If you're or, yeah. getting money from those, and, and like you mentioned this at the very top of the show is the line doesn't necessarily show us a true representation. It shows where the money is and where the public is. And it's reflecting that. And can you manipulate certain things that the public isn't thinking of, but you can manipulate it? Yeah. I mean, and and then the deal there too, is that like the gamblers will always stay one step ahead of this. And truthfully, as far as like, you know, conspiracies where guys owe other guys money, like, it's like you, you mentioned in Calvin Ridley or with anyone like theoretically, if you allow any betting on sports that like not to go Tony Soprano with it, but like that mob extortion extortion is a is that that's always going to be. Why, there. why you, was the mafia always loan sharks and bookies? Because it's an easy way to create leverage over people like it's right. Well, you know? and it's that will be there ever since people started gambling on sports yes. and it was and it was legal, right? Yes. As soon as people were legally putting money on and the even winners, even when and it losers, was illegal, well, yeah, once, once people thought of it, yeah, once it was once it was a thing we did back in the twenties with baseball, right? I was I was gonna go for us history majors, you know, back to like the Greek Olympics or the Roman Colosseum. <laughs> I'm sure they were gambling back then, and if you didn't pay up, guess what? You might end up in the Colosseum, you know? Yeah, you're the, the next. Bears. You're the next one. Yeah, you mentioned you think there'll be appeal process here. You think. Do you think Ridley ends up missing the whole season? No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Are you Punishment thinking does not fit the crime? And, eight or nine games, or what are you thinking? Oh gosh, if you want to put me games, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about games. I just don't think he okay. The whole season. The second question I was going to ask, after you said games, is mm. he only played five games last season? Yes. Is there any way to file some of that time missed as time served? Like, like, like. Uh, obviously, it's hmm. not the same. But and we didn't know about this till I guess the league found out in February. But I don't, I don't think though that the NFL has those same kind of rules that the NBA and MLB do for like so time served. I don't, I don't know if that matters. I guess well, it would maybe matter for like pensions and stuff. Yeah, but I guess I would assume. I would assume this year would count still because he was on the roster. He was just away from the team next year might not count, but I don't see really any indication why he wouldn't play another season or two. So, well, and so he's currently, 
He, I think he just turned 28. I saw. No, he's 27. Sorry, just turned 27. Yeah, he was one of those super old college players, too. Alabama always gets those guys. It's really <laughs> yeah. weird. He it's was really 24. Weird. They, they go to, yeah, they, they, they're in, they go to college at like 20. I'm like, hmm, that's fishy. How did you he play high school football? At 19. Uh, he was 24 his rookie year. He just turned 27. And he um, was only played college for three years. And he was 24. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Ryan, rise on to more conspiracies here. Anyway, <laughs> I, I just said to say that like a year from now, if the suspension is a whole year, he'll be 28. He frankly will have not gotten hit for a year. Like he probably has a few more years in the league if he doesn't have a real problem. And apparently, according to his Twitter, he doesn't have a real problem. Ryan, you run a show fairly frequently called The Coastal Connection where you talk a lot about football. Tell people where to find that. And are you all talking Ridley this week? Are you talking quarterbacks and actual stuff on the field? Or what are you doing? Oh man, this is going to be a horrible promo. We have taken a uh, a little break after the football season. <laughs> we have taken a little break, but honestly, we're gonna. You can find Coastal Connection on Apple, on Spotify, but we will as we get a little bit closer to the draft. I think we're gonna start breaking down some prospects. Last year we did court. We did the uh, five quarterbacks, not as an intriguing quarterback class this year. So I think we're gonna potentially look at some other positions i kind of actually want to watch whatever the safety is from notre dame kyle hamilton maybe that's his name yeah sounds sounds right anyways (laughs) suppose i mean he's like a six four like long can do everything safety i i'm i think i might just break him down uh because it'll be interesting to see that but yeah the the quarterbacks are not that interesting this year what's more interesting is going to be russell wilson in in denver and (laughs) and what that might how that might look that might, that'll be interesting to look at. The, well, and what Seattle dropped Bobby Wagner tonight too, and so what are they, what are they going to do with all their now acquired draft picks? Well, I'm sad, but shoot, if they're dropping them, where's uh, Lockett and DK going? Yeah, or are they seriously. keeping them around? I'd like that, to see Lockett move. Lockett's a beast. Well, and, and DK as well. I will say the Coast Connection's a fun football show because it gets really into film breakdowns, X's and O's, that kind of because it's three guys that have coached football. Uh, yourself. Row and then what's the other guy's name? Luke. Yeah, Luke. Luke and- he's a he's a Texas boy like you. He coaches at any for all you Texas listeners, Churchill. He's the office coordinator in San Antonio. Go support <laughs> him next um, fall. Right, and, and so with football coaches talking, you really do get to dive a little bit deeper into how guys get open and how guys are you know blocking formations and those and like you talk about coverages in a way that is like a step beyond the average like oh you know he's a really good safety kind of conversation <laughs> and so. Uh, I, I would go pay attention to that as they get close to the draft and whatnot. And then, Ryan, you also write NBA Twitter series and more for Belly Up Sports. Where can people find that kind of stuff? Yeah, so um, on on Belly Up, go to NBA. I've started doing last month or so a weekly roundup of some funny things that I see on Twitter, or NBA Twitter specifically. And uh, trying, as, I, as I've told Parker in the past, trying to get back to like the old blogging roots. <laughs> you know, back back in the early in the early 2010s, late uh, late aughts when it was a wild west. So yeah, fi- find that you can go on my my Twitter, the thoughts of R2. I tweet that out, and I, I I've been doing that weekly. Gonna try and find some time for some more uh, maybe serious breakdowns. I guess, like you were saying, Parker, as being a former coach, I like to look at things from a coaching perspective. Um, I will say if 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 you wa- if you like watching the NBA, go watch the Clippers play. Ty Lue is like, if you want to know what like coaching should be like maximizing talent, 
trying to find all the slivers. I would argue that Ty Lu is right up there in the upper echelon of NBA coaches. And and you when you watch the Clippers play, you can see, you know, him and his staff getting across to the players and the and things of that nature and them being able to execute it. And so I love watching any Ty Lu game for sure. For sure. And I I would also reiterate that like Everyone kind of assumed he was like getting handheld by LeBron on that stint in Cleveland. Nope. And I, I would say that the the Clippers' time has put that to bed, right? Like, like, like no one. Dude, biggest mistake the Lakers made: hiring Frank Vogel and not maxing out whatever Ty Lue wanted. He should have got whatever he wanted, and the Lakers would be in a different place right now. That was a huge mistake. And what somebody not the said, only mistake, not, not the, the only mistake, mistake <laughs> but it was a huge. And what somebody else said, yes. He only won one championship, but someone was like, he won a one championship against a team that won 73 games in a season. And you can even say whatever you want about people being minorly injured and stuff in the, in the finals. Like it took a Kyrie all-time performance, a LeBron all-time performance and an all-time coaching performance and motivation as well to make that happen by four points. Like, it's not like they, Blue, I was like, the Warriors were still there, and they, the Cavs won by four points on the road. Like, yeah, I mean, and so, some it, level like, that's got to be was, coached. It, yeah. Every everything came together to to win that series, and Tyloo was a huge part of that in his first year ever being a head coach. I mean, yeah, to go do your first year doing anything and report <laughs> back to F and Sports and let them know how good you were, <laughs> and if you won. An NBA championship, just saying. <laughs> or, or anything close to it. Um, or anything you, close. <laughs> you can find my personal stuff at Painswords512, P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H-512, on Twitter and Instagram. This show is at F underscore N underscore sports. That's F underscore N underscore sports on Instagram and at FN Sports 2, F-I-N-S-B-O-R-T-S, number two, all one word, on Twitter. All our links to our sponsors, things like that, like my bookie, can be found through the link in our social media handles. Thank you all so much for listening to the show. Make sure you download, rate, subscribe, review. Give a listen on a couple different platforms. Help us out there. And whatever you do when it comes to sports, don't flunk with us. Later, guys. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. 
Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22.